Diamond Answer Man, episode 20, How Perfect is Perfect. Well, hello everyone, I'm Jay Christopher Gertz. This is the Diamond Answer Man Show, where our goal is to help each other learn more about the world of diamonds and feel confident about those purchases. Those purchases which help us memorialize our special moments, whether they be birthdays or anniversaries, engagements. Of course, we're coming up into April now, through March, and uh, lots of those things are being planned at this time. So maybe if you're thinking about buying an engagement ring, you'll hang out with us and find out a little bit more about the world of diamonds. And of course, our goal, feel confident about that purchase. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Jay Christopher Gritz, and uh, our show here today, boy, I couldn't even talk there for a second. Um, our show today is about the term perfect. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've thought a little bit about that, especially since, you know, I, I keep on promising this video. And I'm going to talk about this video today and uh, help, help you, I would hope, to visualize what it is that makes a diamond beautiful. I, I know I when we talk about tools, we want to make sure we don't overly complicate the situation. When we buy a diamond, you know, we uh, understand that there is going to be some work involved, of course, financially, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to follow up from our last show. You know, I want to clarify a few things that I talked about concerning how much one should spend on a diamond engagement ring and how they should do that. Of course, I'm not a financial expert, but I have my own opinions on that how you should plan about it. I talked about it in the last show and how you should prioritize some of those things that uh, will simplify your life. And we're going to talk about, uh, you know, that, that term again, that perfect term um, and, and what that means as it's thrown around. So we're going to talk about the term perfect. We'll talk about our show from last week, Spending, and, um, and uh, we'll talk about that video that I have coming up here uh, it's just taking me a lot longer. I, I have to admit that I do build all of the graphics myself, um, except for maybe one round, brilliant image. I know for a fact I don't build that one, but all the other images I actually render and recreate and design myself. So it takes me a little bit of time. I'm not a specialist or an expert at all in graphics, just like I'm not necessarily an expert at all in in a podcast. Um, but I do listen to other shows, and, and, and it helps me, so I, I hope that I can help you. So anyway, a little bit of a um, background here. Of course, you know, if you've heard my show in the past, you know, my, my term is performance, and uh, that's something that I've been pushing for a long, long time to help simplify grooms and brides and, and uh, uh, gift givers uh, if we, if we want to use a, that, that kind of a term, uh, people looking to buy diamonds and, and how they can enjoy that much better. I think everybody wants to buy a diamond that is bright and fiery and, and has presence and, and, uh, looks just beautiful. And I know that's possible. Everybody can buy one that's beautiful um, it just depends upon what their priorities are. And I talked about that under BPS and on several shows in the past, episode 19. 
and uh, you have to develop your own prioritization, um, whether beauty or purity or size is your um, you're going going to be your focal point. You know, sometimes depending upon what you spend, it may be that you want a bigger diamond, and you're willing to for forego certain uh, characteristics that that uh, uh, might be priorities for other people. My priority, and I think most people's priority, is they want a rock that, no pun intended, rocks, that, uh, that looks beautiful, and when light uh, is in the room, it, it, uh, the diamond reacts to that light in a positive way and uh, gives us that amount of pleasure we get when it sparkles and is scintillating and is fiery and, and uh, shows off all those wonderful characteristics, contrasts, and those kinds of things. So, you know, my term is performance. So we're going to talk about that as it is related to some of the terms out there that are thrown around, and you'll see them as you go from store to store or you look at some of those advertisements as you see them out there, and everybody is touting something right now, and uh, it's all centered around similar terms, um, ideal and super ideal and the most ideal or or perfect and uh, and what that means and uh, you know I, I think one of the first things that you should know is that perfect cutting or even ideal cutting terms uh, whether it's mathematical or otherwise are relative to the person either selling or cutting it you know so what I say is ideal by its parameters is different from different organizations, so that would be laboratories, different guilds, different uh, countries, and their laboratories have different terms for that, and that's been going on for you know well over a hundred years. So we have terms like that that people will throw around to simplify, you know, to ho- in hopes to simplify the purchase. And in reality, is just like we would, if I'm going to be a techno geek for a second, just like when we design something, we put, um, you know, if we're going to develop an airplane, you know, <laughs> let's get as far away from jewelry as possible. If we're going to make an airplane and we want to know if it flies, we could, of course, uh, do like the Wright brothers and build it and then try to fly it and hopefully not kill ourselves. But in today's world, we have wonderful tools such as wind tunnels. And uh, that allow us to see what kind of drag. You know, they do that in the automobile industry. If you watch uh, some of those shows, uh, the commercials on television right now, some of the ones I've seen, at least in the last year, would, would show cars in wind tunnels. And, and you'll see them in ads where they're tracking the airstream over the top of the car to see how efficient it is. Well, you know, you can do that with diamonds in a little bit different way. Instead of a wind tunnel, you use colored light. And you can see where the diamond uh, is not returning light to the eye, you know, if we want to call it leaking. Uh, you know, all diamonds leak a light. I mean, not, not all light going into any diamond is 100% returned. Um, you know, so it, it's all about how much is going in and how much is going out and how much is, is really windowing from the viewer's perspective. You know, the windowing is kind of a term they use in the colored stone industry, but, you know, where, where we look into the diamond, how much of it is 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 going through it in a way almost like a um, a window pane. You know, you don't want to have the light pass right through. You want it to have it come back to your eye. So, I want you to be cautious that perfect. Using the term perfect, it's it's perfectly made, um, is a relative term unless you're applying 
that term in conjunction with some sort of a performance standard. So you can't just say if it's always cut perfect. Because when you look at diamonds, you don't apply a performance standard to it and say that they're all perfect. What you'll notice if you had the ability to um, is when you put them uh, all together is that they will all look slightly different. Well, how can that be? Um, even when you took, take diamonds that are ideally cut, right, um, and look at them, even from same laboratories when they receive certain grades, uh, such as ideal, and you line them all up, they will all look slightly different. Of course, I'm not the first person to point this out, and I learned it from someone, and somebody else learned it from someone else, and and I, I, I think that, that this is something that's been going on a long time, and, and it's not something that we talk about. You know, it's, it's especially as salespeople, we don't we don't know why and we don't understand it. But I want to make make, uh, or I should say, I want to help you understand that the that grading based upon its actual performance, when you use a tool such as a fire scope, or an ideal scope, or an ideal loop, you know, some of those handheld devices, the ASET, which is an excellent tool from the American Gem Society, when you use those kinds of tools, you can actually see how well the diamond will perform based upon its return of light using, like a wind tunnel, using colored light inside, reflecting on the inside of the diamond, and as it comes back to the eye, you can actually see, you know, which facets are performing, which functions. And this is not something that's that's hard. This is something that, um, you know, uh, I have uh, small children, 10 and under, and uh, my 4-year-old understands this. And so he can look at something and he can go, that's nice, or he can look at something and go, that's not, that's not right. And, uh, you know, all the way up to my 10-year-old. And, and so they, they completely get the differences. Now, of course, I'm in a, you know, a unique situation. I talk about these kinds of things, and, but my 4-year-old gets it. So everybody should get it. If we look at a diamond and we want to know how well it's going to perform in, in lighting situations all around uh, lighting situations, we should check its performance. You know, and the best tool, by the way, the best tool for performance is your human eye. I mean, it's, it's obviously I'm talking to humans if you're listening to this show, um, is, is the human eye. Um, the human eye is so powerful. You know, so forget the computer analysis. Forget throwing into some imaging device and have a computer analyze how well or how beautiful it's going to be. You know, they have those tools out there, and I'm telling you, they stink compared to to what your eye can do. Your eye is the best place to start. Now, when you're buying from a jewelry store, you're going to need to compare the, per- the performance of diamonds uh, just so you can see what the differences are. You know, you, you'll uh, start to understand what's going on inside the diamonds, and it takes five minutes. It's not something that takes a long time. This is a purchase you're going to make, especially since we're talking about you know engagement rings coming up at this time of year you're going to want to spend time in a jeweler where they're going to have different types of diamonds so you can compare them and see them. And once you see something that uh, that uh, performs really well, you could be, you know, without using any of the performance tools, or I should say without having to develop the ability or to hone your eye to the point to where you can tell what was done during the cutting process to give a certain type of performance. You know, that's something that I can do. But it's not necessarily something that that everybody wants to do. And uh, I am the twisted one who who likes to sit there and stare at them and figure out what's going on. When you're buying a diamond, 
as an individual, you, you may have no care in the world, complete bliss to ignore all of those issues that I'm talking about. Um, so you can enjoy the beauty of diamonds just by looking at and comparing the differences and going, I really like that one over this one. The performance tools only tell us why. And, and if you want to, you can use a performance tool to separate non-performing or poor-performing diamonds right away. However, anyone can enjoy all the beauty in a diamond and ignore all those scientific technical things such as a tipped table or uh, halves dug or painted or all any of those sorts of issues. You can enjoy all the beauty in a diamond and ignore all those other things when you see a magnificently performing diamond and, uh, and say, wow, it's just amazing. Um, you don't need to know all those kinds of things. Your eye will tell you whether or not it's, it's, it's gorgeous or beautiful um, or what type of beauty term you want to put in its place. I am just of the opinion that if you want to simplify it and make your, your, your experience easier, that you can use those tools. Uh, and, it, and it takes a very short amount of time. You can buy a beautiful diamond and you can make it a whole process where it takes you a year if you want. Uh, you can buy a diamond and enjoy the process and have it take 10 minutes. It's completely up to you and what's important to you. So I want to make sure that you're just cautious about stores who just drive the point home in their advertising, talking about the brilliance being greater than such and such or or, or the world's you know this or that, uh, the most brilliant stone, uh, uh, ideal or perfect or otherwise. Just be cautious about that. It doesn't mean that it's not. I just want you to make sure you're cautious about thinking or believing that they're all performing exactly the same. Compare them together. And of course, I stress making sure you buy from a store that has a performance device uh, such as one of those ones I mentioned earlier, and you'll see them, um, you know, when we talk about the the video I'm going, uh, the video I'm going to produce, the video I've been working on for a long time. Um, so make sure that you shop at a store that has knowledge of those things, and uh, and you'll have a lot more fun. And then you'll know it's just about knowing. It's about it's about feeling confident about that purchase. You know, it's it's not it's not about making it a, a boring experience. Anyway, so. Um, that being said, I, I want to make sure that I, I do talk about last show. I feel I need to clarify some things about how much one should spend. And, um, you know, I, I drove home the point very strongly that I thought that, uh, that a person should spend no more than one month of their income, you know, total on a diamond purchase. And I, what I was saying was is that I, I think when I drove that home, you could spend more if you wanted to. You could spend less if you wanted to. I, I was just trying to give you a guiding point. It doesn't really matter, you know, necessarily how the number you want to spend. Um, I was just trying to give you a guiding line. You know, some people ask if that was a strong line uh, that, that I towed. And, and uh, some, some wanted to spend more. And, uh, you know, my opinion on that. And, of course, if you want to spend more than that, you know, that's completely up to you. It's about what you want to do to make, uh, uh, to, to give a, I should say, to purchase something that is going to symbolize that, uh, that uh, uh, agreement that two individuals have uh, to, uh, to each other. 
and if you're going to symbolize it and you choose to do more, that's completely up to you, and I think that's absolutely amazing if you want to. I was just trying to give a one-month guideline so that you didn't feel like you had to do two months or three months or whatever you want to do. I don't ever think that you should ever be put in the position where you're forced to feel like you have to do something. And I think that's what I was trying to say, at the same time giving a guiding line. I'm not trying to sell diamonds on this show. I, I do want to make sure that I, I promote the, the world of diamonds in a way that's positive and, of course, very much and importantly, want to help you make great decisions when you're buying diamonds and answer those questions. So I want to make it clear that if you want to spend more or half of that, that's completely up to you. Um, again, you could go with whatever sort of financial uh, amount you want, but I do believe that fairly you should be able to buy a, a, a nice diamond fairly with, uh, with what we talked about. So uh, if you want to listen to that show, that's BPS, that's Beauty Purity Size, show uh, episode number 19, and uh, that was the last show I produced, so you can go back and listen to that. It's on, it's on the website, it's also on iTunes, it's on um, the BlackBerry and the uh, Zoom Market, and also on uh, Stitcher and um, some of the other shows. <laughs> I'm on so many different networks there. So if you want to take a look at that or listen to that, that's fantastic. So I just wanted to make sure that you felt confident about what you were spending, and it didn't have to be one way or the other. It's just a guiding line, you know, so so a guiding line. So anyway, so let's, uh, let's talk about this video that I've been working on. And uh, the video I've been working on is one, I, I guess I should say that I, I want you to be able to mentally visualize um, how a diamond is graded when uh, when you look at it based upon the performance and all the images that I'm making, um, I'm going to post on this uh, show. So it's going to be in the show notes for this. So all the images I'm going to use in the video and the transitions, I, I shouldn't say all, um, I'm going to use most of them, I would say, uh, will help you develop a, a greater understanding of what I'm talking about concerning performance. But one of the things that I guess I could... I guess start off with, and you may think I'm crazy at this time, but I, w- I want you to sit there and think about if you if you had a diamond and you really wanted to know its performance, and just like we talked about earlier in this show about the wind tunnel, and if we um, if we uh, have a big uh, I said turbine, I don't know if that's the right term or fan or whatever it is that they use, um, where they put uh, uh, some sort of a, a colored smoke or substance that they they blow over the top of the car to see if it's um, has drag or resistance or if the plane has lift, those kinds of things. In the same way, uh, um, like kind way, you can, you can not throw uh, 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 material in the air to, to create a, a smoke effect to, to go around a car, but you can make reflective effects on the inside of a diamond. So in, uh, if you haven't seen a tool such as the ASAT or the Firescope or even a Hearts and Arrows viewer, I want you to sit there and think about it for a second that if you took a one-carat diamond, which is roughly the size of an eraser on a pencil, and um, you took that diamond and it was loose, and you could suspend it so it was floating in the air so you could look over the, over the top of it, and uh, you could take a, uh, let's say, a soccer ball, right, a soccer ball, and you could cut the soccer ball in half, and uh, you could take the bottom half 
and uh, put it under the diamond so the diamond was horizontally in line with where the uh, the slice through the soccer ball was. And on the bottom of that, um, the bottom of that uh, soccer ball was uh, was painted black. And then the top part, so you can kind of think of it as the other dome, if you want to do it that way. The uh, top part uh, was painted um, white or a transition from the black to a white to where the top top, where the diamond would be, um, was painted white. So you could sit there and float the diamond in the middle of the soccer ball, and the bottom is black, and the top is transitioning from a black to a gray to a white on the top. And if you could somehow illuminate the inside of this uh, uh, this soccer ball and cut a hole in the top where you could look down onto the top of the diamond, you would be able to look in there and you'd be able to see the reflections going on in this, this color. And uh, so I'm going to show the image of that and how that diamond would look. Um, in the same way, you could take a diamond and uh, you, know, you could suspend it in the way that the fire scope does it. They suspend the stone on a, a piece of uh, lucite and it's it's sort of floating over the, or I should say, under a reflective flange. And above the flange is a little eyepiece you look through. And when you look through that, um, you're, you, you uh, will see into the diamond and see which parts of the diamond are performing. The reflective flange over the top of the diamond is pink. So when you look inside of it, the uh, diamond is reflecting uh, this sort of pinkish red color all over the place. And it, uh, of course, as it reflects whatever's above it, just like in my sort of example of it being a, a sphere, right? The diamond is floating in this sphere, and uh, the the, uh, the inside of the sphere is this dark color, and the top part of it is transitioning to a, a lighter color. The diamond is going to reflect whatever is surrounding it. And on in the fire scope, it's white in the background as opposed to black. And when you look into the diamond, of course, any areas that are windowing, um, or where the light is passing through back to the eye, it'll be white because it's got, of course, a white light source behind it. Um, so when you look at these images on the website, you'll start to get an understanding of what it is about performance that that really makes a difference and how and what and uh, each type of facet, I should say, how each facet should be performing. The other, other image I'm going to have is a transition and what they do is to show you how the A-set works. And I do have a, a, a show that's talking about the A-set, but I want to use this as a comparison between the tools and that how the A-set works, of course, if a diamond was on top of a, let's say, a, a lucite or a glass plate, the dome is actually on the bottom, the diamond is upside down, and then it, the camera is on the bottom side of that. And so with the, uh, the A-set, it's a green a red and a blue color, the blue being at the bottom. And of course, so when that diamond's upside down, looking upside down into the dome, right? So the diamond's on this plastic uh, or a glass uh, plate right above the dome. And uh, as the green light and the red reflective light and the blue reflective light uh, go on, reflect onto the inside of the diamond, the diamond reflects that back out to the camera or the eye in the handheld ASAT. And, uh, and it shows you the image on which facets are performing which function. I should say which facets are returning which type of light. And there is, we could say, a right way and a wrong way for diamonds to return light. And uh, on the images I'll have, they'll show you, um, you know, what happens on the inside of a diamond. Now, these are my 
diagrams, meaning I've drawn them. They're not exactly perfect because, I, again, I'm not a, a, a graphic artist, but it'll show you how a, a diamond that is a deep, uh, a deep diamond, what happens where the light uh, passes through it, and it'll show you a shallow diamond, how the light passes through it and where it's returning too much of one type of light and how the, uh, the deep stones return the wrong kind of light or too much uh, of the light. And, and what, uh, you know, if we're going to use that term again like they used before, what an ideally performing, right? Not an ideal, we're not talking about the mathematical proportions, but what the ideally performing stone is doing as it returns light back to the eye. And um, I'm going to show these, you know, so we'll show the hearts and arrows performance. We'll show the fire scope. Uh, uh, these are all digital images, by the way, um, and how the ASET performs. These are theoretical images uh, produced from a piece of software. As, uh, as I, I haven't, you know, forced the software to perform a certain way, the software is, is, of course, performing the way science has designed and looked at the refractive index inside of diamonds and what should be happening. So it's actually looking in, in a theoretical model uh, how the reflections would, should be occurring. And so what I've done was is, is I've made these sets here together, and, uh, and I make the images and I apply them in the situations. So instead of me being in front of you, um, or in your house trying to show you how this works, what I've done is I've separated them out and tried to make it easy for you to get an, an idea of what you should see inside these devices um, and how they compare one to another and what the differences are and what one may show above and beyond another and what one may uh, sort of mask, you know, so, so hide some things um, and, and what that means. And it may not be important or it may be important, but, I, but I believe that if you're going to go this route, there, there should be some basic understanding to make, um, make your purchase easier. If, uh, if we spend a little bit of time now, you spend a lot less time later. Uh, there's no question that you always want to make a decision to where you don't want to regret later on, especially such uh, a financial decision that can be great, right? So we don't want to spend uh, money and then, and then of course, uh, go through the term that salespeople like to use, buyer's remorse. You know, we don't want to do that. And, uh, you know, so by doing this and then working with any jeweler that has these performance-type tools, um, you'll have a complete understanding long before you get there and possibly school the jeweler you're working with um, and, and then, of course, uh, try to, not try, but do the right thing in your purchase and make sure you buy the most beautiful diamond you can with what monies you've put aside specifically for this purchase. So um, I'm going to show these images on the site, and, I, and I, I know you'll get a good idea. And then, of course, as I keep moving forward, I'll go ahead and bring them in and uh, produce them in, in the sort of little flash video that I'm, I'm designing. And uh, you'll see them transition from the, uh, the cuts and how they perform in each device. And what I'll, what I'll do is, is I will voice over the top of the, uh, of the video as it's working, and you'll be able to see it. And as it changes, I'll give the verbal description of what's going on in these types of devices so you'll understand where the strengths 
of each device are, where the weaknesses of each device are, and then you'll be able to figure out which direction you want to move into. And of course, uh, you know, know when you're working with a jeweler what their strengths and weaknesses may be. So I hope you'll enjoy these images. And uh, of course, you know, as always, um, you know, I, I try to put them out there on the site. I'll try to make them in large enough sizes so you'll be able to see and understand what it is that I will have. And, uh, and of course, if you've got any questions, you know, please, please, you can email me at and that would be at uh, jchristopher at diamondanswerman.com. Uh, you may also phone me at 803-792-1326. You know, if you have questions, please, it's free. You can call me, and uh, I will happily, happily answer your questions. And, uh, you know, we, we'll use them uh, in future shows that we'll have. You also, if you feel like it, you can I have make it really easy for you. On the side of my site, on the right-hand side of diamondanswerman.com, there's a little button there. And it'll allow you, if you have a microphone on your computer, you can go ahead and send me a question right there through the website on that right-hand side. And it'll send it right to my email address. And I'll, I'll take a listen to it. So please, if you have any questions, um, send them my way. I'll happily help you in any way possible. If you uh, find that you have heard something or, or might understand something, that you would want clarification or even just my opinion on, please email it in. Uh, uh, you also have the forums that I have on the website, so you can post anything on the forums. The forum, you know, I put the forums in there, and um, uh, I was thinking that it would, it would be something that would be, um, uh, I, I guess, I, I don't know what I was thinking. You know, I, I was hoping, you know, with those forums on the site that I would uh, have a place to where I could network with uh, other diamond polishers here in the United States, and what's been more successful with that has actually been using the phone. I think maybe I'm too technical for some of the jewelers, not the jewelers, some of the diamond polishers out there. That's just kind of a funny thing to say. Um, yeah, I'm maybe too much of a geek for some of them, I guess. Anyway, so, uh, you know, <laughs> so, but there is good information there, and I'll, I'll consistently, I should say, I'll try to regularly post an update in there. I, I, uh, I really do more work on the website directly and uh, post right on the, uh, it's a WordPress forum, so I, I post right there. So anyway, so I'll stop rambling for a second. One of the last things I want to talk about is, uh, is if you have a desire or drive uh, to read and learn more about the diamond cutting, not I shouldn't say process, but what's happened here in the United States uh, uh, with diamond cutting and, uh, and how the American diamond polishers um, have always had, or I should say, were one of the first ones to have this extreme drive to make diamonds more beautiful. There is a book that uh, that a gentleman by the name of Al Gilbertson, um, Al Gilbertson, a, a, a colleague of mine, I've had the opportunity to work with Al in the past. He produces um, a book, or he produced a book, uh, called The American Cut, The First 100 Years. Uh, you can get it on Amazon, I believe, Amazon.com. You can also get it at GIA's website there, so you can order it through right there through GIA. Um, Al is a, is a uh, he's in the research department at the Gemological Institute of America. And uh, this is a great book. It talks about how uh, and who um, started the process for what became the American cut or the American diamond and how all those things we talk about today, you know, concerning 
uh, performance and uh, what it takes to make a diamond beautiful. They were talking about, you know, over a hundred years ago. So some of the th- same things we talk about today, um, and some of the frustrating things we talk about today. You know what what makes a diamond beautiful and um, the marketing and materials that go with that that uh, that some people will use to promote their wares. It's almost some of the things that they have mirror what goes on right now, and some of those things are are um, to me at least a little bit frustrating because they promote the wrong things. And uh, but he, you know, some of the ads in the book that he produced that go back to the late 1800s and early 1900s are so like, I mean, obviously the images are different, but the terminology they use is almost identical. Anyway, it's a great read, especially if you're a jeweler here in the United States uh, uh, selling diamonds. If you're a jeweler listening to this show, make sure you buy this and share it with your team. And uh, I think it's a great read. And, and as we grow our stores, right? So we, we talk about personality, enthusiasm, and integrity. Um, we always hire people that have those sorts of traits. And uh, then we help educate them, you know, because once we, once we hire a person in our jewelry stores that has all of those things, personality, enthusiasm, and integrity, it's very easy to get them all the knowledge they need to help those individuals coming into the stores that are that are memorializing those special moments. So, and if you're a consumer, of course, buy it, pick it up. It's a fun read, um, and I, I I really enjoyed it. I know the way it's written. I, I'm pretty sure you will too. Anyway, um, thank you for listening to Diamond Answer Man Show. My name is Jay Christopher Gertz. If you've got any questions, you may reach me at diamondanswerman.com. You may also phone me at 803-792-1326. You will also be able to reach me through uh, Twitter, and my uh, name on Twitter is D-A-M-J-C-G-U-R-I-T-Z. That's Damn J.C. Guritz. So you can reach me on Twitter if you want to post a tweet to me there. You may also find me on Google+. Um, I'm not on Facebook, but you can find me on Google+, and that's J.C. Uh, J. Christopher Gertz, excuse me, J. Christopher Gertz at on Google Plus. All right, you also may be able to go to the website and uh, hook up with me there through Twitter, Google Plus, and uh, and also on LinkedIn. So if you got any questions, go ahead and email them to me uh, or call them in at eight zero three seven nine two one three two six. If you got any questions about this show, of course, when I get the show up on the forum, you can post a question on the uh, show notes at the bottom there. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast again. Jake Christopher Gertz, The Diamond Answer Man.